but I also keep, uh, you know, a notebook that I physically write every call that I go to, the name, address, phone number, the date that I was there, a little bit of a description of what I'm going for, whether they're a member or not, and a little description of what I did. And also I track my, you know, my pay on there, my new comp and hours, um, you know, for, for those jobs throughout the whole day. Mainly I started doing that because I don't have to bother the office to get a phone number to call a customer back. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm Brian. It's so good to be with you on a new week, and we have a new exciting subject and a new guest for you on this podcast. We're also testing out some new mics, which is pretty cool. We're excited about that as well. So give us some uh, feedback and then let you know, if, or let us know, excuse me, if you think that it sounds better. Uh, we sure hope it does. Uh, but our subject today is going to be focusing on organization that works for you. Now, before you tap out and say, oh, that, that sounds riveting, uh, realize that the focus here is things that can improve your day, both from an efficiency standpoint and making you feel better and more accomplished, but also from a financial standpoint. Because if you just are living your life, you know, however you want to, and you don't have any systems, you're probably not making as much money as you actually could. So uh, we're or super excited. Yeah, we're keeping. That's could. right. So we're super excited to have our special guest on, Stephen Murphy, uh, later on here. And uh, we'll bring him on in a minute. But first, Brian and I wanted to break down the subject on our own here. And uh, let's start off with our quote, Brian. The only difference between a mob and a trained army is organization. Calvin Coolidge. Wow, that's kind of a dark quote. Yeah, dark. (laughs) A lot of mobs and armies these days, though. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, uh, <clears throat> the organization is, is such a key. And for those of you in the home services industry, you understand the value of what an organized day look like versus disorganized or what an organized call looks like versus disorganized. And I'm sure all of you have experienced the frustration of getting out onto a site and something's missing or you don't have the part on your truck or you can't get it because the supply house is closed or the warehouse guy screwed up the part that you thought you had right and now your momentum and everything about that particular call is broken. And so we wanted to do a podcast specifically around organization. We've already done one uh, on the efficient work day. And this kind of ties hand in hand with that because our dispatcher at the time uh, provided a lot of insight onto what efficiency can look like for you. But this is more from the field perspective. What can an organization do for you? How can it work for you in a way that's actually going to matter to your wallet? Right, be it at work or at home, anything that's taking you longer than it should is costing you time, which in essence is money, uh, although far more valuable than money. Um, if we look at being in our trucks, going through our workday, every minute we have to spend looking for something because we didn't have our trucks organized is a minute we could have been uh, doing the job, getting home a little bit earlier, 
you're on any kind of new comp type A system, then you know that you don't get paid for the time you're spending in the back of your truck looking for parts or driving to the shop or even waiting for a part runner to deliver you a part. That's not paying you. So you should be getting the jobs done earlier, getting to another call if possible, and having the opportunity to make a little bit more money for the family. Because as we always say here, if if I got to be in my work boots anyway, I'm going to make some money. Yeah. And I, I realize that our listeners, you know, have a diverse approach to how they are making money, whether you're on some type of task pay or whether you're straight hourly. Uh, I, I think a lot of companies still have some type of spiff or um, they run contests or whatever it is. And, and so <clears throat> there's still a significant value to being able to see more clients in your day. Uh, it, you know, for example, if you're running a two call day, and you could possibly have a third call added in there if you squeezed more out of like more time, if you were more efficient in your first two calls to get that third opportunity, you know, you don't know what that looks like uh, or what it could be. And opportunity not taken today could be opportunity lost tomorrow. And so organization, even from a standpoint of how you structure your day can, can really have an impact. No different if you're a CSR or, call taker you get into your desk and you're either ready to go or you have a bunch of catching up to do and stuff that you should have done before you left yesterday as soon as you get on that phone and start making calls or taking calls you have the opportunity to sell plans and start uh, increasing your income uh, and the more time you spend getting yourself organized because you don't stay organized the more money you cost yourself all we're trying to do in, in this episode is talk about ways we can be more organized and the guy we're going to bring in to talk about it. Stephen Murphy is, he's got to be one of the most organized people I know. Um, he's a plumber in a service truck, but if you, if you come in before the meeting starts in the morning, you'll always see his truck parked, his back doors wide open. He pulls his truck in, he gets his material that he used the day before restocks his shelves throws all his trash away and then sweeps out the back of his truck and he leaves the doors open during the meeting so it can air out and this is his routine that's what he does so much of organization is routine brian or the benefit of routine uh you know for example i'm sure you do a lot of weightlifting we've talked about that before uh talk about the frustration of of changing weights on a bar right like there, there's a system to how you go so about doing It's only things. frustrating if you're taking weight off the bar. <laughs> it's never frustrating to add weight. Uh, all right. So talk about it in the context of like, uh, you know, one of those universal machines where you have, you know, you're doing the bench press here and then you switch over to legs and maybe you don't have enough weight. So you have to like move stuff around so you can actually accommodate for everything. Yeah. Well, you can look no further than like the clips, the, the clips on the end of the bar. If you're lifting heavy and heavy enough to where you want to put some clips on the bar that hold the plates on an unorganized in my case now, since COVID basement, I don't work out at the gym anymore. I just hooked my basement up. <clears throat> um, and I have four kids and they're not allowed in, uh, in the gym area, but good luck keeping them out of there. I might go to go to add weight and enough to where I'm going to put the, the clips on the ends and I can't find one of the clips. My goodness. Not only is it frustrating, but I have a certain amount of time to work out in the morning before I have to get in the shower and get off to work. 
And if I spend five minutes looking for that clip, it's throwing, it could literally throw my whole day off. Yeah. And it's that type of thing in a, that's a, you know, a personal context, but it's that type of frustration or that type of inefficiency that can result in bad days. And I mean, bad days in every sense of the word, you know, frustration that, that comes out in terms of how you relate to the client frustration in terms of the fact that you feel like you didn't make as much money as you could have frustration from your dispatcher side, who is annoyed that you know you weren't able to hit the extra call that they really need to hit. And, and unfortunately a lot of that frustration can leak into our home lives too, where, I mean, I personally know if I have a bad day at work, there is a, a more increased chance that my children or my wife will experience a negative emotion from me when I come home. And of course, you know, there's, there's all kinds of strategies out there about how to avoid that. But we're talking about systems of avoidance here, where if you could avoid something, why not choose to do it? If you could avoid to have a haphazard day, why not choose to avoid it? Yeah. Hap, haphazard being just uh, take life as it comes, not, not being prepared, not planning, pre-planning. And another thing we're going to have Steven talk about because he's big into the Dave Ramsey um, Financial Peace University is not just having your truck in order, your desk in order, your, your sock drawer in order, but having your finances in order, um, which having your truck in order is going to save you some heartache throughout the day. But having your finances in order, the way, he, the way we'll have him break it down, is um, that's going to save you heartache for the rest of your life. May even save your kids heartache when you're gone. So I want to ask you as a listener right now to think about yourself. Do you have an organized truck? Do you have an organized system of how you replenish your truck? Do you have an organized way of how you approach a call? Do you have a system? Do you have a process? Do you have a routine as to this is how I go to business? These types of things matter. And you hear it from time to time. You're like, ah, whatever. You know, I just go with the flow or I'm a, I'm a, a feel it and groove type of person where I just adapt to the situation. Okay. Yes. There's, there's room for that for sure. But there's also a skeleton to everybody, meaning that there is a, there's a, a bone structure to every system that cannot bend. It, it cannot bend. Otherwise it breaks the entire thing. And if you don't have a good skeleton to your day, whether that's your truck, your calls, your, um, your replenishment, your whatever it is, if you don't have the skeleton, then all the feel and groove in the world is just going to get you horribly erratic results. And if you're looking for consistency, look no farther than having an organized system, an organized skeleton to your day, to your approach, to your life. Let's talk about uh, the adverse. Let's talk about what happens without the plan in place. And I'm, I'm going to go to a story about myself. You know, I hate to talk about me, but for this one single time. Okay, do it again, Brian. Me. Okay. <clears throat> the um, Moen 1222 cartridge, the, the uh, temp cartridge, all the plumbers will know what I'm talking about. HVAC and electrical guys are going to turn the radios down for a second. But <laughs> um, Moen 1222 cartridge, I think truck stock for us is – Four of them were supposed to keep on the truck, and not long before I came out of my truck, I used all of my stock in one house, and the next day did not restock them. 
didn't cross my mind for whatever reason to grab my notepad that I kept hanging on the back inside of the back door of my truck. And whenever I used truck stock, I would write it down on the yellow notepad and then take it in the next morning. Um, we didn't, we didn't even have iPads here yet. So it was all a paper system for me. <clears throat> Ran out, used them all next morning, did not restock. It was probably 20 minutes from the shop. Sold nothing in that house, but one cartridge replacement, which does not pay the bills. Let me tell you. Went to the truck, didn't have one, went back in, said, I'm going to have to run, no part runners available. Came to the shop, there were none on the, on the shelves. Now, that morning, had I thought about it in the morning, I would have checked, there wouldn't be any on the shelves. I would have gone to one of the plumbers and said, let me get one or two from your truck if you're fully stocked so that I have some until we're restocked here. Ended up having to go to another supply house and get a couple, and then back to the job. And this, and I want to say this whole process was like two and a half, three hours for me to make whatever, $40 total oh. off of the job. Yikes. Which is the exact, it's like the perfect account of what not being organized gets you. As opposed to just running out to my truck and having that, that part done in 15 minutes, um, this was a an owner-tenant and that can go south anyway because he's out of state. The owner's out of state. It can take an hour to get a hold of him. You just never know what you're going to get. I got a hold of him right away. All he wanted done was the cartridge replaced. And then, I don't know, it was like close to three hours before I got to the next call. <laughs> just It just cost half my day for, for nothing but a lack of being organized. Yeah, and pay structure, regardless, that's a frustrating situation. Like nobody wants to endure that. It doesn't matter if you're paid hourly or paid on task or whatever. Nobody wants to endure a day like that. Right. And it's the same exact thing in our finances. And um, that not having one on the truck is going to look something like a rainy day, an emergency that hits us we weren't expecting. And you either have your credit in order and some money and savings and you're able to handle that, something like that, or you, you're not prepared at all and it turns your world upside down. That's a, that's a really good point, Brian. And in fact, um, speaking of emergencies, I mean, so many times the home services industry is called out in the event of an emergency. And, and just for the sheer sake of wanting to have a good reputation with the homeowner, having your stuff together when you get out there makes you look like a professional and makes that homeowner way more appreciative. I'm sure in, in that faucet situation, like not a big deal, right? It's a tenant property and who really cares if the faucet gets replaced in 15 minutes or 15 hours. Right. Tenant. Yeah, the tenant. But <laughs> from from a homeowner's perspective, you know, a different problem where they're sweating and they have family coming over in an hour for the weekend or, you know, their uh, freezer is out of electricity and they have a bunch of meat in there that's literally spoiling every single minute that passes. Having your stuff together means the world to them. Because it could be the difference between getting it fixed in a timely manner for them and having to run all over the place to attempt to fix something. And even the tenant in that in that situation, if you think about it, they're they see the truck pull up, they're like, "Cool, all this is going to be taken care of." Uh, and then next thing you know, the unorganized mess of a plumber comes in and tells me he has to go get a part, despite the fact that the lady on the phone said we have fully stocked trucks that can handle most of your plumbing needs on site. Yeah, and so many times we have homeowners who call in and they very specifically tell 
our customer service rep, like, hey, he's going to need this or, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's this piece that has failed. And man, do they get upset when we get out to the site and something happened that we don't have that part or the the guy didn't restock his truck last night. So now the call is going to take an extra half hour. And it's frustrating from a homeowner's perspective because so much of that communication just seems to be completely disrespected in that situation where, uh, well, yeah, you know, I wasn't sure. I'm sorry I ran out of this part. Like, well, I told you. In fact, I told your people. I told your people yesterday that this would be needed, and here we are not getting the problem solved. So organization in so many ways really does work for you. Yeah, we do hear about that in the office, believe it or not. Clients call in all the time and say, I was disappointed. He was supposed to have this on the truck. But without further ado, let's bring in Mr. Murphy. All right, our guest today is Stephen Murphy, service plumber with Benjamin Franklin Plumbing in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, He comes to us with uh, experiential expertise in organization and all things uh keeping things in order welcome steven yeah welcome buddy good to have you you're good to be here <laughs> that was so close was good to be here hey good to have you here steven uh we appreciate you being on our team and uh yeah, we're, we're rocking a new setup here, so uh, thanks for joining us in the new podcast room with the mics and the headsets and all that. Yeah, good to be here for sure. It's very awesome. official now, and yeah. uh, <laughs> we're glad you could be the, the first guest in the new official podcast with, with a budget, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> guest, a line item. Guest or, guest or been guinea pig, one of the two. Yeah, <laughs> not, not the kind of budget that pays our guests. I don't want you to think that going out of here, but yeah. uh, we got some nice equipment now. Yeah, as you could tell by the green room set up over there, <laughs> pretty high class here. <laughs> All right, well, hey, Stephen, we want to jump into our topic, uh, which, as I mentioned before, is organization that works for you. Uh, but before we do that, we always like to learn a little bit more about our guest and about their background. So let's start there. What got you into the trades um, and how did you find your way here? Um, I mean, as long as I can remember, I always liked working with my hands, uh, tinkering around with my dad, changing oil in that driveway, working on vehicles, stuff like that. Um, I actually went to uh, when I was my senior year of high school at Donegal, went to Votec for automotive mechanic. Okay. Um, got accepted at Stevens Tech uh, after Votech. Um, while I was at Votech, uh, the dean of students at Donegal is uh, Matt Buckwalter's brother-in-law, uh, Mr. Miller. Okay. Uh, and he asked if he knew anyone that was going to be graduating that he thought would be good for the job here. Uh, and he came in and met with me and another senior at Donegal and uh, I went to my Votech teacher. It was on the heating and air conditioning side at that point with one hour uh, on for install. I met with my uh, Votech teacher. At that time, ki- kids were just starting to do the apprentice program where they were out of the school a couple yeah, like of days. The half day, the work yeah. release things. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, you know, kind of interested in exploring this. He's like, I said, well, I'm in the automotive field, though. And he said, cars have heating and air conditioning. <laughs> so... He got me out of the school and come in here as an apprentice a couple of days a week. And um, actually, the day after I graduated Votech, 
before I even graduated high school was my first official day uh, getting paid here. Uh, worked here for a week before I even graduated Donegal. No kidding. Um, and this rest is history. At that point, I did the heating and air conditioning for uh, about two or three years on the install side. Um, they got a little slow, the one, the first two winners. Uh, and I worked with some of the plumbers, helped out with them. Um, and went to breakfast with Scott and Larry, and they asked if I wanted to switch to plumbing. And I rode along as an apprentice for plumbing for about a year and then into a truck and been doing it. You know, 2007 is when I graduated and been with the company since. Wow. Okay. So that's uh, 14 years. Yep. Good for you, man. And how many of that is a plumber then? Uh, about, ten, about 11, maybe 11, somewhere in that range. Okay. 11 or 12. Yeah, very interesting. So you have kind of a unique story in that you're still at the same company that you started with straight out of high school. Yeah, it's pretty don't cool. S- don't see that very often anymore. <laughs> no, no, you sure do not. Uh, well, that's awesome, Stephen. Uh, what do you find yourself doing outside of work? Uh, outside of work, I enjoy a lot of time spending time with family. Um, a lot of just relaxing. Don't do a whole lot, but um, yeah, a lot of spending time with family, real close family, um, immediate family. Uh, I enjoy. Uh, watching sports, you know, professional Pittsburgh, um, <laughs> any pretty much anything Pittsburgh, uh, Penn State for college uh, football, and real big into the Penn State wrestling. Yeah, um, yeah. that's right. You're college. a former wrestler, yep. right? Yep, I wrestled at Donegal, and that was kind of a little bit of the connection with Mr. Miller, too. He was our strength and training coach for the wrestling at that time, uh, so he really knew me, and I knew him real well. So Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, Thanks so much for being on with us today. Uh, We want to jump on to this topic. Like I said, organization that works for you. Uh, You are an organized person, and I think you can speak to that, and we're definitely going to tap into that. But let's start off with just the obvious. Like, why bother with systems? Why bother with organization at all? Uh, I mean, for me, it just makes my day so much smoother. I mean, I know what I have on the truck, where, speaking work-wise, I know what I have on the truck. I know where it is. Um, you know, I know when I go to a call whether I can take care of, you know, I have it to take care of the customer um, versus running for parts all the time or calling to have stuff delivered, scheduling jobs. Um, it makes me more money. It's, it smooths the day out and, um, you know, just I, I, I get that from my dad. My dad is obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, <laughs> I have that even at home. I have the light switches have to be a certain way. The, <laughs> the towels have to be hung up a certain way. But drives your my wife, wife. Your wife loves you. It drives you. her crazy. <laughs> and it drives me crazy going around doing it all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, um, just it just smooths everything out, you know, mainly for that, yeah. Okay, so was there a time in your life that you were disorganized and then something changed or has that just always been you? Um, I would say as far as I remember, I've always been that way. Other than obviously when you're a kid, you don't like your car, your toys and all that stuff's not real organized, but even like now organized to some people is not, does may not look like organized to someone else. Like there, there's stuff at our house that may not look organized, but I know where the stuff is or what's where for the most part. Yeah. That's my strategy with my desk too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know organized chaos. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, so I want to jump into a couple different areas of organization today, Stephen. So I want to look at um, the practical side of like organizing a truck in your day. I want to touch base on what it looks like to do customer follow-up, uh, some ideas there. And then I also want to talk about what it looks like to be organized outside of work, because I think a lot of what we do outside of work impacts what we do in work, even without us necessarily thinking it's obviously there, right? So let's start off with uh, let's start off with the truck. Um, if you're in the home services industry, you're driving a truck around. Of course, there's a thousand different models and everything out there. But one thing that we really try to focus on here at Benjamin Franklin Plumbing is having the ability to complete the job on site at the same time that you're there. We've decided internally that it's it's a waste of everybody's time for a plumber to go out or anybody to go out to a job assess it and then have to go run for parts and then come back and then, oh, they forgot a part to go run for parts again and come back. So for the most part, we have well-stocked trucks that can accomplish that probably 90% of the time. And then we've actually utilized, um, we call them shop techs uh, who are able to run parts out to sites uh, as needed if uh, additional, you know, special order or unstocked item is required for the job. So let's start off with your truck. Uh, is there a system to the madness? Is there a specific way that you find works well? Uh, for me, with keeping the truck stocked, um, we have our daily report form in Fluix with a page that has our parts that we use for the day. Um, I fill that out as I'm going through the day or through the job because uh, I don't have the greatest memory, so I try to do it right away. Um, if I don't do it right away, I try to take a picture of the job and I do it before I leave the job. Um, that way it's done. And it, at the end of the day, that has all my truck stock stuff, you know, and that gets emailed into the office here and, you know, our warehouse has it pulled and, uh, ready for me, uh, the next morning usually, or if they have to order something, um, you know, they're letting us know, letting us know, um, you know, if we have, if I sell a job, uh, I try to make a list of what I'm going to use, uh, email that on there, um, you know, and have that read, they'll have that ready for me as well. Um, you know, and then just when I get, we have a meeting or something, I come in or when we're coming into the shop, I get here 15 minutes early usually. And if I have trash, I unload it. If I have parts to put away, you know, I put them away. I take a screenshot of that form on Fluix. So when I put the parts away, I know what I got, what I didn't get. I'll circle what I didn't get. Or if I type something wrong, you know, I make sure that I got what I was expecting to get and kind of work that out uh, if need be. Because, yes. you know, between translation or a typo on my end, you know, it may not be what we need, um, you know, and I want to make sure that I have what I need on the truck and get it put away. Absolutely. So basically, if I'm understanding you correctly, uh, at the end of your day or throughout your day, you're recording usage. Yes. So I use three of this and 10 of this and six feet of that. Yep. And you're recording it and then you submit that. In, in our case, we have uh, an in-house warehouse. So yep. you're submitting it to our internal warehouse. But even if somebody listening to this doesn't have that in their shop, um, recording what you're using throughout the day seems to still be a good principle. Yes. Yep. And they would be able to then just call or you know, text or email to a supply house that they use and ha get, the, get the stuff then at the end of the day or the first thing the next morning right? from that list. And I'm sure you've come across a time where you've probably forgotten to record a part and then you go to reach for it and it's not there and the frustration 
that comes from that is, is real. Yes. And it's not just frustration. It's, it's money lost, right? Yep. Uh, every time that you have to go wait for a part or run for a part is time that you're not in front of a customer. And let's face it, the warehouse doesn't pay you money, yep. right? Correct. The client pays money. And so the more time that you're in front of the client or more clients, as it were, the better that is. And so you can see right up front that organization pays. Yeah. Um, great. So outside of recording usage off of your truck, like I'm curious when it comes to your truck itself, is there a specific way that you lay it out? Do you have, you know, something on the left side, something on the right side? Do you have shelves or bins or, you know, what does it look like for me if I was new to the trade? Like what would you even tell me to how to organize my truck? I mean, we have pull-out bins for our smaller fittings. Um, I have all of them labeled, you know, as far as what's in them with the Sharpie right on the front of it. So I can, I mean, I obviously now memorize what's where on the bins, but, you know, if someone else was in my truck for the weekend or something, they are able to look at it and see, you know, exactly what they need, which bin to go to. I can explain it to them if they call me or something like that. Uh, as far as all the other like faucets and stuff, and obviously once you're in a truck, you kind of find little nooks and crannies where stuff fits. And over time, you kind of it probably takes about a month to find every little spot that something <laughs> yeah. fits. And then they change the way a box is packaged, <laughs> and you got to find somewhere right. else for it. Right. So you know, there's always little tweaks here and there, but for the most part, you know, everything has a place, and you know, I know where it's at. Yeah, so we have uh, we have more than just plumbers that listen to this podcast. Um, anybody in the home services industry, really. So, if I'm not stocking fixtures or faucets, and I'm stocking filters or I'm stocking breakers, is there some universal ideas or methods that kind of work as far as keeping things where they're supposed to be? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I even have a drawer with electrical that has breakers in it. Yeah. I mean, I in I just kind of have them stacked in there. Um, th the biggest thing is, you know, starting with what you what you're going to need and then recording it, you know, and having it in there. As far as a way to organize it or store it, that's going to vary for everybody, um, you know, with what works in their routine or their system. But for me, the main thing is recording it and, you know, getting it back where it belongs um, in that drawer or in that shelf. Um, you know, as I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a certain way that they need to be in that drawer or in that shelf, mm -hmm. but as long as they're in there when you need it, that's the most important thing I would say. Now, what about tools? I mean, we're, we're talking a lot about stock and products in the truck. What about tools? Is there a method to the madness there? That's one area where I struggle a little bit. Um, all right, all right. So I have my main tool, tool bag um, that has, you know, the tools I use probably 75% of the time. Uh, when I go into a house, I don't take that whole tool bag with me. I have a bucket with my parts that I'm going to need and the tools that I think I'm going to need. Because, um, honestly, that tool bag, to lug it in, you know, for tools that you're not going to need. Um, plus, then I can use one of my buckets as a trash bucket. Um but then I have two bins that have like my specialty tools in them. And those two bins are kind of a little bit of a wreck. Um, <laughs> I just have those tools. Cause I don't use them as often, but I know where they're at. Right. You know, so it, it, finding the tool in those bins, sometimes I wouldn't say a struggle, but 
you know, I have to dig through a couple other tools to, to find them, but I know which bin they're in and where they're at in the truck. Yep. And all of this is based upon the idea of efficiency. Yeah. Right. So an organized truck, a clean truck is a profitable truck. If you're spending half of your call digging around, looking for a part again, it's a frustration to everybody. The client's upset because you're not getting the job done. What's this guy doing out in his truck for a half hour? You're upset because you're wasting time and dispatch or whoever is scheduling you for the day is upset because you're drawing out a call longer than it had to be done. So organization pays. It really does. Yeah. I mean, for us, we have our, our new comfort bonus system. I mean, it's based on how much you get done and how quick you get it done and not have any callbacks or problems with it. Right. You know, so if I can, if I know where stuff is, I can get it quicker. I can get the job done quicker. I can get onto another call quicker. Um, you know, and it definitely makes more money that way for me. Organiz- organization has more perks than Steve's letting on <laughs> whenever we get a new truck. Uh, Scott Roars is uh, asking how old Steven's current truck is because he's the one he wants to give the new truck to every time <laughs> because Steven takes good, such good care of everything. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Steven. So an- another thing that I think organization plays into is your day. Now, we've done a podcast before about the efficient, uh, the efficient service day with one of our service coordinators, Brad Houck. Uh, but I'm curious as to your perspective from person in the field how do you go about organizing your day like does that is that structured from the very time that you wake up to the end of the day or do you just become an organized person when you put on the uniform i would i would say that it's usually organized for the work day uh and depending on what plans i would have outside of work you know for that evening or something but usually the night before my my uniform's ready. The nice thing about having a uniform, you don't need to worry about what you're wearing. But <laughs> right. my uniform's ready. It's it's hanging in the bathroom. Um, literally, my my phone and wallet and everything in my pockets, ready to go. I, I get up, get dressed, get downstairs. My iPad's in the exact same spot every morning, and my notepad that I document my calls on. Um, you know, I track my own history with that, so I have that with my iPad. Uh, when I get up, we have two two dogs. I let them out. Um, I I actually start that daily report form. Look at my first call and start that daily report form. The time card, you know, get that all ready before I even leave the house. I fill out as much as I can uh, before I even leave the house that day. So um, it's it's a it's a big routine that you're yes. doing every single day. Yep, I, that's the same every day. Um, you know, I fill that out before I even leave the house. Uh, with as much information as I know at that point. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like if we kind of got into it when I get to the shop, you know, f- at least 15 minutes early, if lo- more, more time early, earlier, if I need, you know, if I have more trash or, you know, a job that I need to load or get stuff for, um, you know, I plan accordingly for that, you know, and kind of at the end of the day, like I said, if as, as, uh, as needed, um, you know, if we have plans or something, you know, kind of trying in my mind, trying to prep for that on the way home or, you know, work out details and stuff like that throughout the day, if need be. Absolutely. So I mean, you speak about it so easily, Stephen, and <laughs> unfortunately, not everybody is is wired like that. I mean, some people, they wake up erratically, you know, they're, they're rush, 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 uh, trying to get out the door. They forgot their iPad at home. Let's and, not make this about me, Nate. <laughs> crying out loud for once. <clears throat> and, and, you know, they're trying to they don't, they don't live the life that you do. 
And so I'm curious if you could speak to somebody like that, you know, what benefits have you practically seen by having that type of routine? And, and like, was it, it, it sounds like it was easy for you to set up, but if it's not easy for me, how, how do you help me get there? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest time that I saw uh, a change in that was with COVID when we stopped having our morning meetings. Okay. Um, that, uh, that kind of threw me off because I was in a routine. I mean, half the time I even woke up before my alarm even went off because I was so used to getting up at that time and going into that routine. And then we stopped having meetings. I started getting up later started, you know, getting out of that routine and going right to the first call. And, um, you know, I was very glad to start having meetings again because it started getting me back in a routine. Um, I mean, I would say to get to help someone get into that, the biggest thing is just to, you know, try to get to bed at a decent time and try to plan out before you go to bed, take five minutes and think about what that's going to look like in the morning and then, you know, getting off on that right foot kind of, you know, gets everything going for the day. Yeah, like the old adage that says what usually starts well usually ends well. Um, there's a lot of truth to that even in how we organize our day. I mean, I'm similar to you where I, I put my clothes in the bathroom generally the night before. That way I don't have to disturb my wife and I can just go and get ready. And another thing, like I, this is a, an old um, Steve Jobs idea is that when you don't have to think about what you're going to wear, you're saving that brain power, you're saving that decision making for later on in the day when it's going to be actually something that matters. So I make that decision the night before that way I'm not, you know, staring into the closet and all that stuff in the morning of. And I, I know some of you are listening to this and saying like, why does this matter to me as a home service professional? Like, you know, what do I care about what I wear in the morning? There's a real thing called decision fatigue where you just get tired of making decisions. And so the more things that you can lay out for yourself at the beginning of the day, the better and sharper your mind can be for later on in the day. And you're ready to make those decisions, especially when it comes to things that are going to be profitable. What you wear in the morning generally isn't going to affect your day a whole lot one way or another, especially if you're wearing a uniform, yeah. as long as it's a nice looking uniform, <laughs> yeah. right? But there's going to be decisions later on the day and they could be as soon as first call or even beforehand that are going to make a difference. And the last thing that you want to be doing is rushing around, trying to get your life in order, in order, tired of making choices already. And now you're faced with something that's actually going to be consequential and you miss it. Yep. All right. So good stuff, Steven. Um, another thing that really can have consequences is customer follow-up. Now, this is something that um, has, uh, I'm sure, a, a variety of opinions on, but organizing customer follow-up is one of the easiest ways to have additional revenue coming into your pocket. And when I say customer follow-up, I mean you went out to a client, you presented something, and they said, hey, we'll think about it, and we'll let you know. All right, so the first thing is, do they call you back, or do you call them, and then do you have any semblance of knowing who or when or what they're talking about if they do call you back? So let's start with the first thing. I'm sure you go out to jobs where you're not uh, closing, you're, you're not completing the work as suggested at time of service. Do you keep a running record of things that don't sell? 
I mean, I bo- almost every job that I have options for, I type them up in my notepad before I present them to the, op- the customer. Um, I actually have the notepad app on the iPad right. and type them up in there. And I'll go over them actually on that notepad. Um, and I always tell the customer, like, this is a starting point. You know, we can kind of tweak and adjust. Um, so, yeah, if a customer calls me back, I have those notes on my notepad that I can be looking at the exact same options that they are. Um, I have the, the customer name and the date at the top on when I was there. Um, you know, and I can pull up the exact same notes or options that they're looking at. Um, don't always see the notes that I type in, but like I said, I also keep, uh, you know, a notebook that I physically write every call that I go to the name, address, phone number, the date that I was there, a little bit of a description of what I'm going for, whether they're a member or not, and a little description of what I did. And also I track my, you know, my pay on there, my new comp and hours, um, you know, for, for those jobs throughout the whole day. Um, and that I, mainly I started doing that because if I leave a tool or something behind, I don't have to bother the office to get a phone number to call a customer back. Right. I just have a number I can call. Yeah. So Steven, some people listen to what you just said and say, <laughs> yeah, ain't no way. Uh, I'm not keeping a no binder of like every single call that I go to. So speak to that person and say, here's some real tangible value that I have seen out of doing that type of organization. I mean, the, for me, I've, I've used, I've gone back to that and I don't keep them all in my truck. I have a stack of them at home that I probably should get rid of now. (laughs) Um, but I have like the first, I keep one at a time in my truck. And if I get, you know, the end of one, I'll keep that one in my truck for maybe six months or something. And then it goes home. Um, but I've many times I've had the customer call me or another technician call me and have a question about what I did somewhere or, you know, what was recommended or, you know, any of that, like something like that. And I can go back to my notes and see physically what I wrote down that I did or what room or, and without bothering the office. And sometimes I'm not quite as descriptive in there as I am on the iPad notes. So the iPad notes show that as well mm-hmm. uh, in our, you know, software. Sure. Um, but then that involves making a phone call to the office, um, you know, using someone's time there uh, to, to pull that up and, you know, look at it. And then the customer as well, like for me, I can just look right at my notes. I don't need to call the office. Um, yeah. So let's talk about customer follow-up then. Are you proactively reaching out to people or are they calling you back? Most of the time with follow-up, I would be reaching out to a customer. Um, so play that out for me and you're slow. You're looking for some work to do. Um, maybe you wrapped up your day early or, or maybe the entire plumbing team as a whole is just lacking calls. You start going back to these, um, possibilities in your notebook and making outbounds. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that that it's not too often that we're slow, but, um, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily say that. I'm reaching out to like that, but if there's a customer that I had a feeling or they needed to talk with someone else or they wanted to do more research, I have, again, on the the iPad notepad, I have a to-do slash follow-up sheet, and I put their information in there 
you know, with name and phone number, brief description, uh, and again, the date that I was there. Um, and then I can couple that with my options, you know, that I recommended, um, you know, and, and follow up that way. Uh, I usually, when I, you know, if, if I'm setting a time to follow up with something like that, I, you know, set the time with them or try to set a time with them before I leave that way, you know, they know what to expect. I know what to expect. It kind of goes back to, you know, a upfront contract with the, you know, eliminating the mutual mystification, you know, just kind of all being on the same page and, um, you know, and I, I tell them, you know, especially if they're doing research, you know, in essence of saving my time and not playing phone tag back and forth, you know, if, if you do your research and you're not interested, you know, just let me know. Don't, you know, let me leave in voicemails and not getting back to me. You know, no is better than me wasting my time trying to call you and you're getting annoyed because your phone's ringing, you know, every other day or every three days or whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah, that. That is another reason the upfront contract is important is <clears throat> we don't talk about enough is them not feeling like a no is okay. It's probably going to have us chasing our tails for a while um, where they're dodging us and giving excuses instead of just saying, ah, I don't think it's a fit and us going, okay, I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. And so Brian, um, I'm curious as to your perspective on this too. Like, did you have any type of, when you were in a truck, did you have any type of follow-up system or any type of, uh, Stephen called it a to-do list, you know, need to get back to the Millers. I need to get back to the Franks and ask them like, Hey, did you decide? Yeah. I had, uh, the black and white, um, like school notepads. They had like a cardboard back and front cover with almost like a zebra looking. They still make those. They're like 99 <laughs> cents. Yeah, that, that's what I <laughs> yeah. use to document the uh, customer information and everything. Yeah. So I had the one that was m my quote book because, uh, in Vegas, the, the team would always have me put a quote on the board in the morning. Uh, you know, we couldn't just Google good quotes. You just had to come across them as you did and write them down if you actually wanted to keep and remember them. So I had one book for quotes. I had one book for, um, like my day what I did in revenue that day, what I made, uh, how many hours I spent. I like to just track how many hours I worked versus what I got paid. And then I had one for customers I needed to follow up with um, that sat in my passenger seat all the time. And anytime I had a little downtime or even at lunch, sometimes I would just sit in my truck and I didn't, I didn't take many lunches, but I'd sit in my truck and finger through that and pick one to call. Tried to call somebody every day, follow, follow up. If, it, if I got the no, I could just put the line through it. A lot of times, um, you know, I'd let a month or two go by, and I'd go through the ones that had a line through them, and I'd call them back and ask one more time because you know, all they can say is no. And then I would put a one next to that one that I followed up one time after the line <laughs> went through. But that was, that was me. I was just uh, somewhat persistent. But I always kept a pretty good relationship with the people, so it, it didn't feel like I was nagging or begging. Yeah. Hey, hey, Brian calling again here. I uh, just wanted to check. I know I called three times last mm -hmm. week. We just want to follow <laughs> up again. We ready? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I worked with a bunch of really good, um, highly trained selling technicians. And we were, you know, we were in the, in the uh, meeting, our meeting before the meeting started. And I was just talking to my buddy from Vegas, Brent Buckley, about this last night. We'd just be sitting in there before the meeting, overcoming objections with each other and just beating each other up over using excuses instead of, you know, closing 
sales and um, you knew that Kevin Burton or Joey Feliciano or Brent Buckley, we were, or I'm sorry, not Brent, he wasn't a plumber, but one of our, you know, John Deppy, Matt Harbison, one of these guys was going to go after you and they were going to get that. Like you laid the groundwork, you did all the work, sold like crazy, great presentation, um, but didn't close it. And we did our, our plumbing inspections every six months. So you knew you had T minus five and a half months before, you know, Joey was there and he's going to go close what you put all that work in for. And it, that could be frustrating. So we probably pushed the envelope <laughs> a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, going a little extra. <laughs> it's okay to say no, but I'm going to ask again. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a, a Sandler sales concept, uh, which is get the no. Um, and it avoids... Uh, in Sandler, they talk about a maybe being a camouflage no, or a let me think about it being a camouflage no, meaning it, it's a no, it just got camouflage on it. They and just don't want to say it. Yeah. So having some type of, well, not only refining your presentation on site the first time and saying like, hey, listen, if it's a no, that's okay. But then going back after it, if they're just kind of like, no, I just need to talk about, I need to talk about it with my spouse or whatever, having that follow-up system where you can either secure the business or get a no helps just avoid the runaround, you know, because nobody likes doing mindless follow-up of like, well, yeah, I'll get back to you or leaving voicemail, leaving voicemail, leaving voicemail. And then they're like, Oh, we haven't talked about it yet. And okay, well let's talk about it. You know, when's the time. And so I, I'm hearing you, Steven say that you actually set like a time of follow-up with the client. I try to get an idea on when they're going to talk about it. Um, and set up, yeah, like, so if they're going to, if today's Friday, if they're, if I go to a job today, you know, and the wife's at work or the husband's at work and when they need to talk about it, I just ask, you know, well, when, when's a good time that you're going to talk about it? You know, maybe this weekend. Okay. Was well, it okay if I follow up with you, you know, beginning of next week? I don't, sometimes I don't necessarily put a certain day to it, yeah. but I get a rough idea. Um, and sometimes I do put a certain day to it and they say, oh, well, yeah, that day, but you know, the evening would be better or morning or around lunch. And I usually couple that with my calendar and, you know, type it in there. So it sets an alert off on my phone or the iPad. And then I, I remember, you know, oh yeah, I got to call that person. Cause I mean, as far as follow up, I just speaking from my personal experience, I wouldn't want my wife spending thousand dollars without me being part of the conversation or vice versa yeah you know i i really respect that you know they're a a couple and they make decisions together be on the same page so that's how i am in my life not every relationship is that way so you know especially in the home service industry a lot of the times the you know one of them is making a decision or they were talked a little bit about it and they know have an idea what they want to do but if they do say that, you know, I don't necessarily have too much rebuttal for that because that's how I, you know, see it myself. Sure. Yeah. Let me ask this question because there, there wasn't, I don't know that there wasn't texting yet when I came out of a truck, but there wasn't much of it, certainly like there is now. I'm not now. sure the internet was a thing when you came out of the <laughs> right. truck, right? Yeah, dial-up was, was still going. We, uh, I was just wondering how it looks when you're now at, in the kitchen and, and does this help or hurt when, um, you know, Mrs. Jones says, I think, I think we're going to go ahead with this, but I do need to talk to my husband. And instead of you setting a follow-up, she just picks up her phone and shoots a text to him. 
Is that happening a lot? And do you see more of that going, hey, go ahead, hon, whatever you think is best? Or do you see more of $13,000? Not until I'm home and take a look at it. I I see a little bit of both of that, um, depending on, I just had one last week that was a a jetter. I was talking with her about it. I didn't know he was on his way home, but I was talking with her about it, and she seemed real interested in the the drain jetter. Uh, It was a kitchen sink that was clogged. He, I went over everything, and she goes, oh, he he just came past, you know, the road up the street. He'll be home in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then she went out and talked to him. She kind of bombarded him outside, and she came back in, and he said, that's crazy. Like, we're not – so he was trying to try and clear it himself. Um, you know, and it, I it, with that, I didn't have a chance to build the value with him right. like yeah, that, I did with her. That's I, what I was seeing as the downside was – he just sees a number. Yes. And that's tough because yep. you've built zero value. He, he doesn't know who you are or who we are as a company. Yeah. Um, I mean. But are there some where that text gets shot out and you get that authorization instantly, whereas before you think you would expect that there'd have to be a conversation in person and it might be another day? Well, if they're, if they're saying about needing to talk, if they say they need to talk to them, I'm not afraid to ask, well, can we get them on the phone or – you know, are they available? I can kind of go over things with them. Uh, I can run over those options. Or if they say, you know, let me give them a call. And if they, especially if they say that, I try to talk to them myself versus them talking to them and being, you know, the middleman and me in the background trying to not correct, but, you know, they're not explaining it how I was explaining it to them. It's just like the old game where you whisper down the lane or whatever it's right. called, yep. you know, till you get to through too many people. It gets changed. Um, yeah, if I can get them on the phone while I'm there, I try to. Uh, if it's a follow-up, you know, I and again, sometimes I'll just follow up. I'll just tell them, like, you know, I won't necessarily say it that I'm, you know, to get the job, but it's just to make sure they don't have any questions that you're not thinking of or questions that you thought of between now and then. Um, you know, I don't necessarily word it as to try and, proceed with this, but just to answer any questions as well. Right. Yeah, Stephen. So uh, we focused on truck organization and the importance of that. A clean truck is a profitable truck, uh, both inside and out. We've talked about organizing your day and the value of having your decisions made for you, not for you, but making your decisions the night before. That way you can be fresh and you can be ready to roll and you're not running around trying to figure stuff out. We've talked about customer organization and following up and having a system of follow-up with notes and pictures and notebooks and iPad and all kinds of technology to do that now. And and all of these things pay. It, it, like, again, our topic is organization that works for you. This is another thing that is designed to make you money or, more specifically, to help you not lose money. Uh, in, in many ways, that's what this is efficiency is not losing money for something that you're already doing. You're already putting the energy into. So I want to take the opportunity to step outside of work because as I mentioned at the beginning, so much of what we do outside of work affects us. And I want to jump into the financial area because I know you have a a lot of passion in that area um, for things and choices that you've made that have revolutionized your life. Uh, Because let's face it, we're, We're all working for a living. We're trying to make money so that we can take care of our our wants and needs at home with our families and and whatever we want to do in our lives. But if you work for all this money and then 
you have no system of actually knowing what the money is doing or how the money is working or where the money is going, again, it's an efficiency thing and you're, you're losing value or wasting money that you've already spent so much time and energy working for. So jump into that for us, Stephen, and talk to us about some of the financial organization that you have. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, we, my wife and I have been, uh, we've done the Dave Ramsey plan or on the Dave Ramsey plan. Um, you know, as far as organization, uh, the biggest thing is just doing a budget. Um, you know, he, Dave Ramsey designed, a an app. It's free. It's called every dollar. Um, on that you, you, it's di- a little, little difficult with the commission based pay because it changes. Right. Um, but for me, I go in and I just tweak it, you know, when I see what my check's going to be or my wife's check and, you know, on there, uh, the, the biggest thing with a budget is you, you actually feel like you get a raise when you do the budget because you don't realize where you're spending your money, how you're spending your money. Um, and, and the budget, a lot of people feel like that's restricting them, but you're creating your own budget um, when you do it. So you're in control of it until, in, until you have it done, and then you try to follow it. And I say try because things come up, um, you know, it pays Pays vary, emergencies happen, um, you know. And the nice thing about that app, you can you know change it very easily on the iPhone or you know Android or laptop. Um, you know, it's just going in and punching some keys, and you know you change it. Um, you know, but that, that budget's done before the month begins, based on what I believe my pay is going to be. Um, you know, all the, all the line items for everything, you know, I have a trip planned or something, um, you know, that's all planned out, uh, and ready to go. And for us, um, I mean, the, with, I mentioned about the Dave Ramsey, but people that don't know, that's basically getting out of debt and building wealth and being generous with money. So, you know, with, with that, you know, goes hand in hand with earning it and, you know, planning it essentially. Right. Earning it's only half the battle. Yes. Knowing how to manage it and organize it after you earn it is the other half. And that's where I think so many people get caught up in how much they make that they lose sight of how much they save or how much or how they use what they make. So if you'd be vulnerable enough to share, I think this is something that is newer to you. Like you didn't start off on Dave Ramsey when you were age five, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was something that you implemented in your life. So just give us a practical example of the way that things used to be and then how organizing your financial life changed it. Yeah. Well, basically it started for us in 2017. My, my sister and mom were trying to get me on it before and they gave me a book and I haven't read a book since I was in high school. Um, (laughs) You read books in high school? (laughs) Maybe one. Um, This, they gave me a book and I, I, it sat on the shelf for a little while. Um, we, I had actually had jury duty, so I took it with me. I read a couple chapters, uh, and it kind of sucked me in. And then we actually had a trip planned uh, for a week in Mexico, and I took it with, and I finished it. And I, I mean, I'm not much of a reader, obviously, but I finished that book in a week down there, which normally would have took me six months to read a book. Right, right. Um, it just sucked me in, and it just uh, it's common sense for how to handle money with that. Um, before that, 
I mean, we had no plan. You know, money came, money was spent. No idea how much, where, when, any of that. Um, with this plan, we we paid off about $100,000 in debt in uh, just shy of two and a half years. Wow. Um, That's know, amazing. Consumer debt, all gone. Um, and now the only debt we have is our mortgage. Uh, and we have basically the baby steps that he has are seven baby steps. It's a uh, starter emergency fund of $1,000. Second one is the debt snowball where you list your consumer debt, smallest to largest. You pay the smallest first, everything you can on it, and minimum payments on everything else. So it, it avalanches, right. you know, till you get to your largest thing, you have a large amount of money that you can pay on it to build it off or pay it off. And you're building momentum as you're going yep. where most people think about interest rate. It, and he says, if you're doing math, you wouldn't be in debt. You're, <laughs> you're spending more than you make. So you wouldn't be in debt. Right. Um, third, third baby step is three to six months of expenses in the bank, an emergency fund cash. Um, you know, and that's essentially, that's where we're at now. Uh, and then baby step four is 15% of your household income into retirement. Step five is kids' college, whatever that entails for each person is different. Uh, and then six is pay the house off early. Uh, and seven is live and give. Be wealthy Be wealthy and generous. That's awesome, man. And so that's, uh, I think you're speaking to it, that's revolutionized your yeah. life. Um, and that's that's the power of organization. Call it what you, weigh, what you want, you know, a budget. It's, it's organization. And while that type of organization might not have a hundred thousand dollar impact onto your, how you stock your truck. Uh, it could have a hundred thousand dollar impact onto follow up clients and lost revenue because you just were wasting time and energy on things that weren't actually going to return anything for you. So thanks for sharing that, Steven. That's yeah. awesome. It's, it's, it's brought so much peace to our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's no stress around money. Um, you know, whether we're going to be, have it to do this or do that, something comes up instead of being an emergency, it's an inconvenience at right. that point. Right. All right, Stephen. So we're, we're bringing in for landing here and I want to speak to those people out there who, who feel scatterbrained, right? I, I, I could never be like that. I, you know, I, I've tried it. I've tried the budget. I, I've tried follow-up notebooks and, and all these things. And like, you know, the best of intentions for a week and then right back into the whole chaos. What do you say to somebody like that who wants to, they want to get more organized. They want to have a system, something that works for them, but they, you know, they just keep kind of falling apart on it. Uh, I'll start with the simpler one first. The just strictly on the money side, the budget is not going to be a quick win. It's going to take three or four months till you have a process that works and every budget every month is different. So, you know, that one aside, the, the other side of things is, you know, starting off right in the morning, which we kind of touched on, you know, starting with that and thinking about it a little bit the night before, uh, having a process. And then as you go through the day, you're starting right. You, you know, you're not feeling scatterbrained in the morning and, like you said, you know, you're not wasting that energy on decisions that don't need to be thought about or made or already done. Right. Uh, and you already know what you're going to do. Um, you know, and then it just kind of flows throughout the day from there um, with that. Yeah. 
Awesome. Hey, really good stuff today, Stephen. Thanks so much for being on with us. We can't let you go without doing a couple of questions for you at the end. I'm trying not to turn red after the last one, and I said everyone turns red. You just turn red. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start off with something simple for you. Uh, talk, talk to us about your your uh, favorite car. I know you're a car guy. My favorite car would be uh, 1967 Shelby Cobra with the 427 engine. Um, basically, a, a race car that's street legal. Nice. Um, I've looked at kits and eventually I, uh, being the car guy, being mechanically inclined, I've looked at the kits and eventually I'd like to buy one. It's not original, um, but buy one and build it basically from the ground up every nut and bolt, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of help here and there, but, um, <laughs> is that the one with the, the, like the U bars behind yeah. the seat? Yep. Yeah. They really just loud. Th- th- yes. Yeah. yeah. Very loud. They're very loud. No radio, no air conditioning, no heat. Don't need it. It's a race yeah. car that's street legal. Wow. Um, Build a car, no radio, no air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> can, 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 we just like drop something on my toe a hundred times. <laughs> they, there was, wow. there's like two originals. Um, one was Carol Shelby's original, just sh- sold at one of the auctions a couple of mo- like a month ago, and it was five million dollars. Wow, nice. All original. It was Carol Shelby's. There's is the only one like it, one of a kind. That's awesome. Well, mine, uh, w- mine wouldn't be one of a kind. It'd be, well, it would be. Uh, you built it. So. <laughs> it would be if you built it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Uh, that's something I could never do for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you be? Hmm. That's a good one. He just uh, texted me that he'd be on a couch in Brian's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Score, buddy. Jackpot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right now, I would, I'm not, I'm not really much of a beach person, but we've been to Aruba twice, and pretty good. I huh? could use a, a vacation to Aruba with some family and there you go. You know, some some good drinks and food. Thirty <laughs> degree increase in uh, temperature yeah. outside that'd be nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm down for that. That sounds awesome. All right, uh, describe yourself in one word. I. I it, that's more than one. Yeah. That wasn't <laughs> that even a word. Any. <laughs> that was just sounds. Yeah. Um, as much as I, it sounds cliche, I would say organized. Well, that's um, why we have you on. Boom. <laughs> that, yeah. that would probably Kinda be. brought the, it all together. <laughs> <laughs> we hit it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you were going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records, what record would you be holding? Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't even have an answer for that one. I don't know. Um, Most dollars saved. <laughs> Most cars built by one man. Yeah. <laughs> Least amount of time spent picking outfits out in the morning. Yeah, over that, a one, that one for sure. Even even on the, you know, outside of work. If I have a plan that m- the next morning, my clothes are sitting on the dresser right, right by the door ready to go. What yeah. would you go with there, Nate? You're in the, you're in the book. Oh, the, the Guinness book? Mm-hmm. Well, not not the Bible, buddy. It's already written. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I I favor intellectual things, so maybe something along math problems or some type of system that was solved. I don't know. You could solve one a little bit longer than Matt Damon did in Goodwill Hunting on the chalkboard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the director of facilities. <laughs> I'd like to break David Goggins' pull-up record. 
I mean, I don't want to do the work, but it would be nice to break <laughs> that, the record. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I think I stay away from uh, physical feats because there's just no chance that even in my wildest imagination <laughs> that could ever happen. It's the meme say, you don't have to beat anyone else. You just had to beat you yesterday. <laughs> well, Good advice. He did, Let's he pause did, it and get some push-ups, guys. What do you say? He, he didn't ask what I want to be in for. He asked what I would be in for. Oh, okay. okay well, what do you want to be yeah, in for, Murph? I mean, I, was, I would like to have like a speed record or something. That would be cool. Yeah. Fastest man on earth. No, like a land speed, like driving, like driving. land speed record right, yeah. or something. Yeah, just drive around Earth. Yeah, I don't want to run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> run. You have to get that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they make cars for. <laughs> All right, last one for you, Stephen. Describe an experience in your life that significantly changed you. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that comes to mind is you know doing the Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Um, it, it completely changed our lives, uh, and. It's something that obviously come come up here a couple of times, but it, I'm very passionate about it, and um, it, it completely changed our lives for yeah. sure. That's awesome. Hey, thanks for being on the show with us today, Stephen. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, uh, that's a wrap for us in this podcast. Remember, organization can work for you, and you can it actually does have dollar values assessed with it. So. Check that out uh, and share this podcast around. You can find us on wastenoday.com. Find us on Facebook. Uh, hit us up in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. What type of organization do you employ in your day-to-day, and how have you seen that directly impact you? Uh, we want to remind you that this podcast is designed to challenge you and to give you ideas and incentives to figure out new and better ways to hit that next level. So don't spend your days wishing for more. There is something out there that is a better you to be found and you can wake up every single morning and choose to waste no day. podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.